I just pray, Lord, for your help now. Um, Would you come and give me wisdom, heart, your word, and would you... Would you speak to us, Lord? We just lay lay these issues before you. I mean, we're, we're sensing the feedback's been really good, and we're sensing you want us to move ahead. But Lord, even now, would you would you speak to us and bring bring more insight and about where you're directing us this summer and then in the fall? So I, I pray for your help during this time now, Lord. Uh, in Jesus' name, Amen. Good. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back into James next week. Okay, it's been. Last week we did something different. This week, actually two weeks ago. Um, But I'm going to take one more Sunday and talk about the directions that the elders and and the home group leaders are sensing God wants us to go as a church um, this summer and fall. And if you're new here this morning, we're glad you're here. So you just listen in and uh, we'll be opening up the word. And I'm I'm praying that that if you're brand new here and this is just like, you know, Memorial Day weekend, you're passing through that you'll be, be met and, and held. But this is kind of, kind of a family time here for us to talk together about some, some, some changes, uh, not huge, but, but, but they are, and I think they're significant. Like I said, the feedback we've been getting has been really helpful. Uh, thank you. Those of you who've emailed and those of you who've called, and um, those of you who've raised questions, they've all been really, really helpful. And basically, the, the feedback's kind of coming down into two main categories. I mean, there's, there's positive, a lot, lot, I mean, it's, it's all been positive, almost all of it. All of it, almost all of it. So there's been some very helpful questions, which I'm going to raise today. And then there's been some sadness and some tears. And I just want to say that in our home group, there was some tears, there was some sadness as we talked about, you know, this home group may change in the fall. And I just want to encourage you that sadness and tears for the cause of Christ, and, and we were sensing this Wednesday night at our group, he's worth it all. And the sadness and the tears that were there Wednesday night is a mark of the love that Jesus has given us for our brothers and sisters. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a holy thing. I think Jesus is pleased. I thought about in Ephesians when, or in Acts 20 when Paul is with the Ephesian elders and he's leaving and there's just tears. And that's a sweet thing. So I think that's, that's, that's good. Hard, but good. And uh, so what I want to do this morning is just recap again kind of where we're going this summer and fall. You'll think, some of you are thinking, tears? Why is there, why is there tears? We'll, we'll talk about that. And, um, and then raise some of the questions that I've been asked and then open it up for some more questions if we have time. I hope we will. I think we will. But let's start by turning to John chapter 4. Uh, and if you need a Bible, we like to have everybody here have a Bible in front of them. So if you'd raise your hand, if you don't have a Bible, we'll bring one to you. And uh, John 4 is on page 888 in the Bibles that we're, we're passing out. So I want to start off with this one simple question. That is, why is it so important that we all are involved in advancing Jesus' mission. Why is it so important that you, the person next to you, me, your kids, all of us, why is it so important that we are all involved in advancing Jesus' mission? And Jesus, I mean, there's lots of possible answers we could give, but I want to share one from John 4 that you may not have thought of before. And uh, here's, the, here's the background to the story. Most of you know this. Jesus and the disciples had been walking all morning, um, heading north from Jerusalem up into the Samaritan area, area of Samaria. And they found a well, and they stopped there and drank and, and quenched their thirst, and then they were all starving. So Jesus sent the disciples into town to get some food. 
And while they were in town getting food, Jesus was talking with a woman who'd come to the well to get water, a Samaritan woman. There's lots we could talk about about this, but uh, Jesus helped her see that she had heart thirsts, heart thirsts, just like we all do, like what Ian was sharing about. I love that. It was a great, great story. She had heart thirst, like we all do. And Jesus helped her see that she was seeking to get her heart thirst satisfied in relationships with men. But that her heart thirsts weren't being satisfied. And then Jesus encouraged her that the one place where her heart thirsts can be fully satisfied and lastingly satisfied is in knowing him. And she was just captured by who he was and the message of the gospel. And so she embraced the message, received the living water of Jesus' presence, went back into town to tell everybody what had happened to her. Meanwhile, the disciples come back carrying their food. Okay? And they're shocked to realize that Jesus is so full of joy and peace and satisfaction that he doesn't care if he's hungry. So pick up the story here in verse 31. John 4, verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, verse 32, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Okay, so the disciples are thinking of physical food, right? They're thinking of the strength and the satisfaction that comes from physical food. But Jesus had just had his heart filled and strengthened and satisfied with a different kind of food, spiritual food, soul food, okay? So as Jesus was sharing the gospel with this woman at the well, the Father was pouring his love into Jesus' heart, pouring the Holy Spirit out upon him, making his nearness even more. So Jesus was was filled, so full of the presence of the Father, so strengthened, so satisfied, so encouraged, so built up, that he didn't care if he was physically hungry. He was absolutely strong, full, satisfied. So the principle that Jesus wanted the disciples to get and that I want us all to get is that when you advance Jesus' mission, God will feed your soul. When you advance the gospel, there's a special feeding, a special spiritual soul food that comes to you. I mean, I can, I can think of a couple different reasons why this works. One is... Uh, There's nothing more loving, if you think about it, there's nothing more loving that you could do for someone than to share Jesus Christ with them. That is the greatest, most loving thing you could do for anybody. And Jesus promises that when we love other people, he pours his spirit out upon us. So if one of the greatest ways of loving somebody you're doing by sharing the gospel, Jesus will pour his Holy Spirit out upon you. You're sharing the gospel, and he's filling you. You're sharing the gospel, he's filling you. Another way to think about it is that when you share the gospel with somebody, you're glorifying Jesus Christ, right? You're taking the risk. You're speaking of who Jesus is. You're bearing testimony to what he's done in your own life, in your own heart, how he has satisfied you, forgiven you, cleansed you, changed you, poured his love into your heart. You know God now. He's providing for you, guiding for you. As you're speaking the truth of Jesus, he's glorified. And 
your highest joy is in seeing Jesus glorified. So as you're glorifying Jesus, you're going to be filled with joy. So there's, there's lots of reasons why this works, but, but the principle is that when you share the gospel with someone, God fills you, strengthens you, satisfies you, he feeds your soul. So here's the illustration I wanted to use. When you think about sharing the gospel with someone, from now on I want you to think about an In-N-Out hamburger, okay? Or Unamas, whatever you're, 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 you might be hungry for. Not, not quite yet, though. You can't get hungry yet, okay? But because what, what, this, what this means is, just like an In-N-Out hamburger, I mean, if you went over there to In-N-Out in an hour and, and bought a double-double, You'd eat it, it would satisfy you, it would strengthen you, right? You'd feel better afterwards, okay? In the same way, when you share the gospel with someone, food will be given to you, spiritual food will come, you'll be strengthened, you'll be satisfied, you'll be filled, God will pour the Holy Spirit out upon you, you'll sense his love, you'll sense his nearness. Every time you share the gospel with someone, you'll be fed, fed with spiritual food. So... Keep that picture in mind. Now, uh, that's, that's then why it's so important that we all be involved in advancing Jesus' mission. Because you want to be well-fed, don't you? All right? Now, next question then is, so how are we doing here at Mercy Hill Church in advancing Jesus' mission? How are we doing? If that's food for our souls, how are we doing in this? And before I, I answer that, I just want to tell you that I am thrilled with all the ways I see God working at Mercy Hill Church. I, it sounds like Paul, but I thank God for you. Uh, I mean, the way you love each other, the way you bear each other's burdens, the way you seek the Lord in prayer and meet Him and meet Him in the Scriptures, the way that you are so generous in, in the needs of the church here and in, in missions and the way you're devoted to unreached people groups, the way that you fight against temptation, the way that you weep with each other and rejoice with each other, the way that you lay your lives down for each other. I mean, the love that's here, the devotion to Christ that's here, the missions focus that's here. I just, I love it. I love you and what God is doing in us. And I just want to say, thank you, Lord. But, uh, when it comes to advancing the mission, I'm speaking for myself here too, we're not very strong. I, I think I'm accurate. Most of us are not engaged in advancing the gospel. And, and, and we aren't experiencing joining together and advancing the gospel together. But see, Jesus wants everyone here at Mercy Hill Church to be well-fed. That's one reason why it's so important that we all are involved in advancing the gospel. He wants us all to be enjoying the food that will come into our souls from advancing Jesus' mission. So imagine, imagine that this last week, just an illustration, this last week you only ate half of the food that you actually ate. There's lots of ways we could go with that, but just focus on where I'm going here. Imagine that this last week you only ate half of the food that you actually ate. Think of how weak you would feel this morning and how needy you would feel, right? Okay, just, I mean, just, just consider that. Well, this last week, I would guess many of us have only eaten half of the food that Jesus had for us this last week. Do you see why? 
Because one of the ways he feeds us is through advancing the gospel. I mean, he feeds us through the scriptures. He feeds us through prayer. He feeds us through worship. He feeds us through our fellowship and our love and our care and our prayer for each other. Those are all ways that he feeds us. But he also feeds us through advancing the gospel. And many of us have not been fed as fully as Jesus wanted us to be fed. Because we, we haven't, and I'm speaking for myself here too, been as engaged in advancing the gospel as he's wanted us to be. And, and the elders, Jerry and Tom and I, we're troubled by this. And here's, here's why this is troubling to us. If you were a shepherd, or if you were a group of three shepherds who are leading a flock, and that flock has only had half of the food that they've needed, would that be a problem? If you're a shepherd responsible for a flock of sheep, and, and they've only, the way that you've led them has only brought them to receive half of the food that they need to eat, that you're not being a good shepherd. And so this has is, this is grieved us, and it's impacted us, and just, Lord, we're, I mean, I think there's, there's ways in which we're leading the church here well. I don't want to overstate this. But we've also come to the conclusion that there's a lack here. There's a significant lack here. Because if the way that we're leading Mercy Hill Church means that most of us are not involved in advancing the mission, most of us are not really engaged in helping people come to know Jesus, then we're leading in such a way that you're not being fed as well as Jesus wants to feed you. Does that make sense? Any questions about that? Okay, maybe you'll raise them later on. So we've been asking, well, why is it that we're weak in advancing Jesus' mission? Why is it? I mean, we've seen a few people this last year come to know Jesus, but, but nowhere near what the book of Acts leads us, I mean, nowhere, nowhere near what the book of Acts leads us to pray for, right? So, Why? And I, I'm sure we could, we could pray more, and I'll speak for myself, I could pray more. Um, I'm sure we could care more, care for our neighbors, care for the people at our workplace who don't know Christ. I'm sure we could be more engaged with people who don't know Jesus and develop friendships and reach out to people in our neighborhood. I'm sure we could be more bold and witnesses. All those things are important. But as we've talked and prayed, there's, there's two really fundamental, like structural issues that I think Jesus has opened our eyes to see that, um, that we want to correct. And one of them is, is this. We elders have not trained the home group leaders in two areas. We haven't trained the home group leaders in how to advance the gospel themselves in their own neighborhoods, in their own workplaces. We've not trained them in that. And secondly, we haven't trained the home group leaders in how to lead a group of people in advancing the gospel together. Now, we've, we've had meetings with the home group leaders where, we, where we've talked, okay? But it's like, like my friend Einar, who's with the Lord now, but he used to say, Steve, there's one thing to have, it's one thing to have know-how, it's another thing to have do-how, right? So know-how, you know, let's, let's reach our neighbors, let's, let's go do this, let's share the gospel, that's, that, that's, there's a place for that. But see, how did Jesus train the 12 disciples? He wanted to raise up 12 men who would advance the gospel when he, after he had died and raised, been raised from the dead and ascended into heaven. He wanted to raise up 12 men to advance the gospel. He didn't put on, hey guys, let's meet here Tuesday nights from 7 to 9 and I'll talk to you about how to do this. And then you just go out and do it. What did he do? 
He lived with them. He lived advancing the gospel before them. For months, all that they did was follow him around, right? And so they, they watched him as he was interacting with the scribes and the Pharisees. I mean, think of how that would have impacted you to have listened to Jesus interacting with the scribes and Pharisees and fielding these hostile questions and watching him respond with grace and respect and truth. They watched him one day standing looking over Jerusalem and just weeping over Jerusalem. Think of how that would have impacted you to watch your leader just weeping over the city. That would just be what an impact that would have had. Or listening to Jesus with love in his eyes say to this rich young ruler, okay, you're lacking one thing. Go sell everything and come on. Let's do this. Just think of how that would have impacted you to hear Jesus say that to someone. See, that's how Jesus trained people. Life on life training. On the job training, if you will. And somehow, me, we here, and and the church at large too often, we think you can just have a class and it's a lot more efficient. You know, just talk to people for an hour and then it's easier than spending three years with people, right? But see, Jesus did it that way. So we haven't done that with the home group leaders. So the problem here is not with you home group leaders, okay? Our home group leaders have been faithful and they've loved and they've served and they've cared and they've, I mean, you know, you're the recipient of their care and their shepherding and their loving you and listening to you and weeping with you and leading you. The home group leaders have done everything we've trained them to do, okay? Uh, they can't do what we haven't trained them to do. And so this is, is a big issue we need to work on. And because we haven't trained our home group leaders, they haven't been able to train you then with life on life training and how to advance the gospel. So that's, that's one kind of a structural lack that is just, the Lord's opened our eyes to it. I'm so thankful. I mean, I'm, it's like, I wish I would have seen this years ago, but better now than never. Another way to put it is that we haven't made the mission very accessible. So let me, let me explain it. Uh, like this. What I've thought is that I could pull my home group together and say, okay, let, let's all go out this week and advance the gospel in our neighborhoods, okay? Let's do it. Kind of like a football, football huddle. Ready? Break, okay? Let's go. And then next week we all come back and say, well, here's what happened, here's what happened, here's what happened, here's what happened. But that's a pretty high bar. I mean, so, so there you are, you're heading out from the home group and you're thinking, ah, you know, here I'm in my neighborhood all by myself, you know, and like, what am I supposed to do? And uh, what, you know, how, where do you start? And uh, well, forget it. I'll hear if anybody else shares anything next week. That, that's a pretty inaccessible place to start. Jesus didn't call the disciples and say, okay, now you're my disciple, now go out and do it. For months, all they did was walk around with him and watch and listen, right? So now think about how much more accessible it would be if your home group leader said, uh, I met a neighbor this last week and she's not able to do her yard work. And I said, hey, I've got some friends. Could we come by Saturday morning and do your yard work for you? And her face just lit up and she said, are you kidding me? Yes. So gang, any of you free Wednesday or Saturday morning at, at 8 o'clock to, to come and let's do her yard work for her. And then I said, hey, we could bring in a pizza and have lunch together. You can meet my friends. And, and she was all excited about that. So, 
do you see how more accessible that is? So you don't need to accomplish something, and you get to go do it with your friends, and you can watch your home group leader and others who may be a few steps ahead of you, watch them interact, watch them just show Jesus, watch them be able to, I mean, maybe there will be some gospel conversations in the mix of that, but do you feel how much more accessible that would be than just saying, go do it? See, for too long the church has just said, we've got to be evangelistic, let's go do it. Come on now, this week, go do it. That's not what Jesus did at all. Do you feel that? It's just missing three years of his life. And I've totally missed that for way too long. So we need life-on-life training, and we need to make it more accessible. And see, then, as, as in a home group that's focused on a neighborhood, week after week, we're doing things like that with each other. What'll happen is that each of our hearts will become more gripped with Jesus' mission. Our hearts will become more acclimated to that. We'll see God at work. We'll be learning things, the training, so that we then will be able to advance the gospel in effective ways in our own neighborhoods and at our workplaces. But you've got to start with something that's more accessible. So that's what we're working on doing. So how are we going to pursue that? Oh, I would just it's, it's like the movie What About Bob, right? Baby steps, right? Baby steps. Isn't it true? It's like baby steps. So acclimated, accessible baby steps. So what are we going to do this summer? Uh, let me just mention three things and then raise some questions that have come up and then open it up for some of your questions. First of all, we want to ask each home group, would you give us your leaders for the summer, for 15 weeks, okay, through the summer? And we're going to form a home group of home group leaders, and we're going to be a home group which is going to add an element, still care for each other, support each other, but add an element of regularly advancing the mission together in accessible ways so that we can learn how to do this as a home group together. And then second, so the home group leaders are being pulled out of their present home groups, and then here's the home group left. We want to make sure that everyone who's left is well cared for and strengthened and encouraged. Like I said last week, Satan is still going to be prowling like a roaring lion this summer. And so we want to make sure that everybody is in fellowship and is in connectedness. So we're just encouraging each home group to figure out how to do this. We try to think of ways so that there wouldn't be a big leadership burden, so just to make, kind of make it easier gathering. So we thought maybe the home group would keep meeting and, and just guys and you know, men and women would divide into two groups. That might be an easier way to lead it so they can share their needs. But we shared that with our group and they wanted to all meet together, so that's how our group's going to do it. Guys are going to rotate leadership. Lots of ways it can work. But what's essential is that, is that fellowship continue. Christ-centered community continue. That's essential. And so I, I know I'm, I'm hearing about how God's working groups out to do that, and I'm really grateful. This is going to be a great opportunity, by the way, to, to rise up in leadership and to just grow. So phone each other, spend time with each other. If there's somebody in your group who's, who's drifting away, call them, love them. How's it going? How can we help? What's happening? So it's very, very important. This is, this is a great concern to us. As I mentioned last week, when the elders were first talking, this was where there were some tears because it's like, well, what about our people? And, and we think this is what Jesus is calling us to do, and, and that's, that's how we think he wants to address that question. Third, and in the fall, when we come back together, um, we want to encourage the home groups to 
be oriented geographically as much as possible. So like right now, in one home group, there can be people from just all over the South Bay Area, and there's been sweet fellowship there. But can you think of how much easier it is to do community if, if it's people that are within closer proximity? And can you think of how much easier it is to advance the gospel in a neighborhood that you're all committing to if you live closer to each other? So that, that's why we want to encourage um, more of a geographical focus. And I don't know how this is going to end up looking. We may have some home group leaders who say, we think God's calling us to step out of leading a home group. We may have other leaders who are not leaders yet who say, we think God is calling us to lead a home group. And we're just trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to lead in a way that makes this workable. So we're asking all of our leaders to pray, are you calling me again to be a leader? And asking other people to pray, are you calling me to be a leader for the first time? And then at the end of the summer, we're all going to be praying, Lord, which home group do you want me to be a part of? And this is going to mean change. It's not going to be easy. There will be a bitter sweetness here, and I think that that's, that's a sign of, of love. And, but we want, to, we want to ask you to do this, not because we want to make things be sad, but because we do believe that this will strengthen each of our home groups. This is going to advance the gospel more. This is going to have everybody in our home groups be more well-fed. This is going to bring glory to Jesus Christ more. Okay, so that's how things are going to look this fall and summer. Now, here's some of the questions that have come up this last week, which I've really appreciated. One question, okay, so what's this going to look like for me if I'm not a home group leader? Okay, which is, which is most of you. So here's what it's going to look like. This summer, your home group's going to continue to meet without the leaders, but to support, care, love, encourage each other. And so please do all you can to make that happen. Let the Lord rise you up in leadership to fill the vacuum left by having the, the leaders step out. And you know what? I'm, I'm hearing reports about how it's already happening. Guys going to leadership and say, we got it covered. We're all set. So that's very cool. And then this fall, okay, after those 15 weeks, like I said, we're going to take a Sunday, get all the leaders up here, and they'll all, they'll all introduce themselves to you, and they'll say, here's the neighborhood that I'm going to be focusing my home group on. This is where Jesus wants us to focus our ministry. This is where the life-on-life training will take place. This is where the accessible baby steps will be taking place. And then you can pray, look at a map. We'll send out a map, of Google map of where all of our people are. You can pray, look at a map, talk to your friends, and ask the Lord, Jesus, where do you want me to be in a home group? Okay, and then, then that new home group will start up, whichever one he calls it to be a part of. And that group will be focused first and foremost on building up each other in the faith. Loving, nurturing, encouraging, caring, praying for each other with an added element of how this week are we going to advance the gospel in this neighborhood that Jesus has called us to focus on. How this week will we advance the gospel in this neighborhood? And so maybe some of the moms, like I mentioned last week, will meet at a park and uh, to play with their kids, meet some other moms who have kids that they're playing with and so build some good gospel connections there maybe some of the guys will uh maybe go to the park same park and play like a pickup basketball game meet some guys who are playing basketball or maybe the whole home group would put on like a a a barbecue or a, a game night or some kind of a brunch for people in the neighborhood jesus has answers for each home group for how to advance the gospel in that particular neighborhood so you can join together and and do that and it's not that you stop advancing the gospel in your own neighborhood but it's that through all joining together and focusing on this one neighborhood, we will all grow so that we can then 
be trained to advance the gospel in our own neighborhoods and in our own workplaces and with the friends that we have who don't know Jesus. Okay, another question. Uh, what if I believe Jesus is calling me to a home group that's not the closest one to me? Can I still go to that farther away home group? The answer is absolutely you can do that. Uh, we're just trusting that the Lord's going to lead you. Okay, so if, if there's a home group that's like a mile away, but another one that's like two miles away, if you want to go to the two mile away one, or however the Lord leads, that's totally fine. So no one's like going to be checking up saying, you know, do you match the zip code filter here or out or whatever. No, no, no. But if, 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 it, if the home group a mile away has somebody in it that you are holding a grudge against, then there's a different thing that's got to be talked about there. You need to get that grudge worked out and then ask the Lord where should he lead you to go. Maybe that one or maybe the other one. So if there's grudges or anything like that, and that, that can happen in the body of Christ, right? Okay, just It, it does happen. Um, we're going to try to encourage you to see how geography is really helpful for advancing the gospel. So please pray about that as well. But then we're going to trust the Lord to lead you in what home group he wants you to be a part of. Another really helpful question. Could this focus on advancing the gospel, could this result in home groups that are focusing too much on advancing the gospel and aren't really caring for each other? That's a really helpful question. Do you get the question? Because we're going to be focusing more on advancing the gospel than we've been. So maybe would we neglect then caring for each other? And that could happen. Okay? It's not at all our plan. And so let me just reiterate that the, the top priority, when I... When I lead my home group, and this is what all the home group leaders are doing, our first priority is, how are we doing? How are we doing? Burdens, needs, temptations, struggles, how are we doing? This is our first question. And we will just stay there and camp there and pray for each other and lay hands on each other and share scripture until we help each person get strong and meet the Lord, right? get, get strengthened, strengthened. So that's our, that will always be our first, our first agenda item, if you will. People ask, what's the topic of your home groups? It's our walks with the Lord. That's, that's where we start. But I think about this. If, if our top priority is to have us be strengthened as a home group, remember there's another way that the group can be strengthened. Remember what that is? There's another way that the group can be strengthened. See, if, if all a group does is just say, we're going to come here and strengthen each other, strengthen each other, strengthen each other, and then you all go home until next week, there's... There's a chunk of the food, the strengthening food that you're neglecting. Do you feel that? So, yes, we'll spend a chunk of time sharing, praying, ministering to each other, listening, weeping with each other, bearing each other's burdens. But if that's all we do, we have not strengthened you enough. We've got to go on the mission together. Get all the food that Jesus has for us. So... Our heart is not to neglect the strengthening. I think, in fact, I think that that's going to be increased in each group as we add the missional elements to it. Okay, one other question. I've already kind of touched on this. How will this help me to learn to advance the gospel? So like, okay, how does this really help me? I don't feel called. I feel inept. I don't feel very... How's this going to help me? And the answer is through these baby steps. So regularly, at least once a week, I hope, you'll have something you could do with your home group people uh, where you can join other people in advancing the gospel, getting into, into gospel conversations, listening to somebody else get into a gospel conversation, just being there, praying, watching, observing. And so week after week after week, as you do that, you will get trained. A 
Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are given to the church to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Evangelist was one of those on the list, but we all need to be equipped in evangelism as well as in other areas as well. And so that's how this equipping will come. Okay, let's open this up now for other questions that maybe were sparked in your mind or you didn't get a chance to email them this week or just some comments. Or like I said last week, if, you, if you've got like a concern, if this like really concerns you, I hope you'd be free to share it in this group. Um, I, I asked you to do that last week. And I really didn't get any, any big concerns. But if you've got them, you know, we're just a body here. It's not like, well, if I'm really part of this body, we've all got to be, yes, let's do this. No. I mean, if you've got a concern, that concern may be one of the ways that the Holy Spirit wants to tweak what we're thinking. Okay, we're all a body here. And so if you've got a concern, please share it. Ian. All right, this came up in our home group on Friday night, and I thought it would be good uh, for all of us to talk about it, because I think it's a a good topic to discuss, and that's how will our regular meetings change? What will the look and feel be like? You know, So now we spend a lot of time doing a group circle and sharing how we're doing and having as a large group. How will that environment or that feel change as we move into the fall with a home group? It's a good question. Our, our, our number one agenda item will still be how are we doing and what needs are there here. And so we're going to need to figure out how to do that. And this summer we're going to be talking about that more. Is there a better way to do it than we've been doing it? But that's still going to be our first issue is how are we doing in our walks with the Lord. Okay? We've also thought about um, how to integrate kids into our home groups more effectively. Oops how to integrate kids into our home groups more effectively. And there's been some good feedback about it. It'd be helpful to have our home groups meet earlier, and it'd be helpful to have our home groups have dinner together because that saves time. And so we'll be working on that this summer. We're going to be starting with dinner, probably meeting pretty early, earlier, so that kids will be involved in the group this summer. So a lot of that sharing and how we're doing time may happen in the context of the dinner, probably will, in maybe smaller groupings. We're going to just kind of experiment how it's going to work. The one thing that I know in our home group we haven't been doing much that will be added in, I hope, and again, we'll, we'll work on this and talk about this this summer, is that each week we'll be talking about how are we together going to advance the gospel in this neighborhood? What can we do? And to ask Jesus, what can we do this week? Are there some, like maybe go and start a kid's club at a school? Or, you know, there's all kinds of possibilities that the Lord could give to us. So I see no lessening in the level of support and encouragement and nurture, but I see a rising up of the missional intentionality and the let's join together to advance the gospel, which I think is going to add even more nurture in. Okay, now, give me some pushback. Is that, am I answering your question? Yeah, I was just thinking tactically how it may look, and what I'm hearing you say is that we're going to be trying to flesh that out over the summer, mm-hmm. but um, you know, just in terms of trying to get a better mental model or idea of what this would look like going into the fall, uh, it sounds like maybe we'll be having a bit more of a mm, specifics shared as the summer progresses. Yeah, we'll be talking through the summer. Here's, here's what's happening. Here's what we're learning, uh, definitely. So, yeah. Anything more to say about that? Anybody else? Elders? Anything more about that? Anyway, but or follow up on it, Tom. I'd just say, you know, from a percentage standpoint. Yeah. From, you know, from a percentage standpoint, I mean, we can go a week or two. T- 
talking about the mission, you know, at like zero percent. Yeah. And that's not good. Yes. So that percentage is going to go up. Is it going to be 50, 100 percent? I don't know. 30 percent? You know, whatever. I mean, there will still be weeks, I'm sure, where we spend the whole week ministering to someone the whole night. But the other thing I wanted to comment on, and this goes to your third question, we'll, we'll be spending more time together, period, than just one night a week. As we're focusing on the mission, as we are involved, actively involved in the mission, we're going to be spending more time together. And part of that is, what, what do we do when we get together as Christians? We strengthen each other. We encourage each other. That's going to be happening whether we're sitting in our living rooms or mm-hmm. whether we're out mowing somebody's grass. That's right. And as, as we strengthen and encourage each other, you know, it, it's going to be a blessing to those people that we're serving when they see us and we're real and we're, they see our struggles and they see us being strengthened and encouraged mm-hmm. and growing and becoming more healthy in front of them. So we, we can't, you know, go in with the idea that we're going to be um, perfect Christians in front of these other people. No, we're going to be real. We're going to be ourselves. And we're going to be strengthening and encouraging each other just as much, and if not more so, because we're gathering more often. Excellent. And I just have one last comment. Mm-hmm. As I was thinking as you, as you were speaking, yes, this is going to be a lot more time. It's going to be a commitment, and um, pray about it. You know, make sure that this is what you want to do. Uh, just like John, as a dead man laid his life down symbolically in front of Jesus in that passage I read. Mm. I'm praying we'll all lay our lives down even more so, um, more and more as as we see who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, he is calling us to do that. Janie. Can you speak um, some to balance, um, just as Tom's saying that, but just balancing life? I mean, I think about in our particular situation, but others, too, have young kids, um, work, kids' events, um, other friends, home group, our neighborhood, another neighborhood. Um, There's a lot to life, and how do you... Just some thoughts on balance and all of that. That's great. Good question. Uh, just some of the thoughts come to my mind with that question. One would be, we want to make this uh, not a, not a lot of new activities that are being added to your schedule, but we'd rather make this ways to make what you're already doing involving Christ in your community and involving the mission. So, your parents of your triplets, right? And uh, so one of the things that excites me about this is that we want our home group to be a place which helps you parent your kids so that they're with you when you're mowing the neighbor's lawn and, and, and they know why you're doing that. And so, so here, you're with your kids. It's not taking you away from your kids. It's integrated in with your kids. Um, you've got sports events. And could there be ways that that could become more intentionally missional with maybe some other brothers and sisters in the home group? I mean, so, so don't stop doing those things because that's, that's, that's just good neighborhood connectedness. But maybe make it in, involve Christ-centered community and mission. And so it's not that we have like this, this fragmented part of our lives, but, but we're, we're being, it's being brought together. Now, 
I think it, it will cost something. I mean, whenever you take on a commitment to pursue the mission with a group of people, it w- there will be some things you'll need to lay down. What those things are, we'll need to each ask Jesus what those may be. It's not a, it, we only have 24 hours a day, right? And so if, ta- if time's going to go up, like Tom mentioned, which I think is absolutely right, um, where will that time come from, right? And we just need to lay this before the Lord. But see, church life, when you read the book of Acts, Acts 2, Acts 3, Acts 4, it was, it was all of their life. I mean, we got, you're all tent makers. Let me phrase it this way. If you were all called to be missionaries in San, tent making missionaries in San Jose, you know what tent making means? That means that you don't get paid, you've got to go out and get a job. Okay, so if you're all called to be tent making missionaries in San Jose, so you've got a job and you've got family and your kids, but you're calling, you're here to be a missionary, then that will impact your life and your schedule. There will be certain things that you will not be able to do because you want to make sure you're doing other things. You're called to be a missionary. Okay, I said if you're called, the truth is you are all called to be missionaries here. This is who you are. You are a missionary to San Jose. You're tent-making missionaries. Paul made tents, did the mission, and you're an accountant, and you do the mission, or you're raising your kids, and you do the mission. So um, it's all going to be something that we've just all got to wrestle with and bring before the Lord Jesus and say, how's this going to look? Is this what your word says church should be? And that, that's a huge question. I mean, I, I wasn't raised with church, doing church this way we're talking about, and, and that, I don't think any of you have been. And so it's all involving unlearning for a lot of us. Is this really, this level of community and this less, less uh, level of missional intentionality, is that really what the New Testament says church life should be? So you've got to start there, you and Jesus and the Word, okay? Just open up the Word, talk to Jesus and say, is this really what church life is supposed to be? Can I just do it for two hours Sunday morning and maybe two hours Wednesday night? It'd be so much easier, you know? But <laughs> that's not what the book says. But you've got to see this for yourself. Don't take my word for it. You've got, to, you've got to open up the scripture and just say, Jesus, is this really what you're saying? Because it's got to be from him to you. Our job as elders is to say, look, look, pray, think, pray, look. But then the Holy Spirit's got to say, yes. And you've got to feel it. So I'm kind of rambling. Am I making any, giving any traction to answer? Sean, maybe help us out with that. Yeah, I just wanted to tack on to that. One of the first things that came to my mind was um, that as parents, uh, I have a two and a four-year-old, we should be open to sacrificing certain activities that maybe other parents around us um, feel that their children need, as it were. Or, you know, th- mm-hmm. that's what everyone else is doing. And, um, you know, such things that come to mind as sports or music lessons and um, I'm not there yet, but I know that uh, a time will be where I'll feel that pull, as it were. Well, other kids are, you know, getting this, and other parents are getting, you know, their children involved in this and this. And I think if we as Christians believe that following Christ is the most important thing for our children, that by modeling that for them, mm. and by helping them. Um, one of the things that the missionaries that came um, last week or two weeks ago, I talked to the kids afterwards, and they said, you know, our parents made us feel like we were a part of the team. Yeah. And that just struck me. Mm. That struck me. I want my kids to feel like they're part of the team. Yeah. 
And while, you know, as some of us dads like may have great plans for our sons to grow up and be professional NFL football players, that, uh, quite frankly, isn't the highest calling as a father. And um, I think if we are willing to sacrifice some of the activities that, you know, maybe other kids or maybe we might have in mind for them for this cause, it'll bear far greater fruit in their yeah. life. That's great. I get real excited thinking about kids, our kids, your kids, experiencing community as church life and mission as part of church life and what that'll mean for them. What an amazing, raising up the next generation who don't need to unlearn a lot of stuff, but who get it and who love it and who've seen people meet Christ and have seen lives be changed. Ah, what an amazing thing. And not just for our kids, but for us. Okay, one more. Yes, Yvonne. Um, I think for some families, it will definitely be a burden to um, be committed to more things. But I think you have uh, shared with us that missional living is not just doing more things, but making our lives, whatever that we're uh, we're involved in, um, bring that mission aspect into our regular activities and lives. So maybe some families who do have a lot of activities with children who are growing up in sports or whatnot, maybe some of the things that you could do in your small group is to focus in that sports activity. And instead of that one family, maybe the whole small group could go and cheer them on and have lunch with them and maybe minister to the whole team. Absolutely. Instead of, you know, being completely out of it. Yes. Excellent idea. That's a great suggestion. Okay, one more. Paul. Right back there, Jerry. Other 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 options for mission um for pursuing mission besides geographically? So um maybe a certain demographic, like say homeless or maybe country club people or something. Um, yeah, I suppose so. If if a if a if a leader felt like uh, I'd like to lead a home group that was really focused on on advancing the gospel with homeless people, we could pray about that, and that could be awesome. So, it just seems like we're all in neighborhoods, and that's a good place to start. So that's why we threw that threw that out, not to make things too complicated, but it'd be a definite option. Yeah. So, here's where I want to close, and that is, um, Jesus wants you to be well fed. Well-fed, and we get fed in lots of ways. Okay, the scriptures, prayer, worship—you know—the the word being taught here, your home group, the love, the care. A lot of good feeding happens in, in all those ways. But there's another way in which feeding comes, and that's through advancing the gospel. And we elders want to lead Mercy Hill Church so that we're all, including us, we're all well-fed sheep. Okay, we're we're sheep too, I guess. Anyway, whatever, however the analogy goes. Um, and that's why we want to say, church, we think God wants us to, to make some changes here. It's not going to be easy, but we think this is the Lord. And, and we think the end result is going to be stronger home groups, all of us more well-fed, and all of us part of groups where we are regularly seeing people come to know Christ. And what an amazing thing that would be. So it's what the book tells us to pray for. It's what the book tells us to pursue. I believe this is what Jesus is going to do. So that's where we are. So let's do it. Um, in your home groups this week, then lay hands on your home group leaders or other leaders who are going to be part of the home group leaders group. Lay hands on them. Pray for them. 
and uh, send them off and be praying for them during the summer. And it's not like we're not going to see each other, you know. Um, but it will be a change. Yes, this coming week, yeah. And then the home group leaders, home group will start a week from this next week. So not this coming week, but the following week. Okay, let's stand together. Let me pray for us. So we give these things to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the excellent questions that have come, for the ways you're speaking to us, for the excitement, Lord, that, that's been expressed. And we're looking forward to watching what you do. We lay these plans before you, Jesus. You're the Lord. You're the head of the church. We just acknowledge we can't do anything apart from you. But as we rely on you, you're going to equip, you're going to strengthen, you're going to work. We know this is your heart, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that you've set things up so that we get fed as we advance the gospel. What a sweet way you've structured things. So I pray, Lord, I want to experience that more. We all want to experience that more. So give that to us more. I pray for good times this week as we lay hands on the home group leaders. I pray for each home group as they continue that you would strengthen, sustain, meet them. I pray that you'd be raising up leaders who would grow in, in taking responsibility and loving and initiating and calling and meeting and helping. And this would be a summer of growth for all of us, I ask. And Lord, do a mighty work in this home group leaders home group as we ask you to teach us about how to do this together. Do this for the glory of your name, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.